Welcome to the High Performance Couples Podcast, a spinoff of the High Performance Insider Podcast. I'm certified high performance coach, Amanda Faust. And I'm David Faust. And we are coming together to share our mission to help couples lead high performing lives. We weren't always a high performance couple, but through working on ourselves as individuals and striving for a next level relationship, we have developed methods to help us continually move towards our highest potential. And we want to help you do the same. Join us as we walk through our highs, like growing our family and finding freedom through entrepreneurship, and our lows, like life after addiction and putting together the brokenness of our marriage, and of course, everything in between. You will walk away with actionable strategies to implement in your own marriage, your business, and overall everyday life. Are you ready? Let's dive right in. Hello and welcome back to the High Performance Couples Podcast. Yeah, episode seven. Yes, I was about to say, I don't even remember what episode we're on. So thank you. Episode seven. Today, we're going to be talking about how to retire your spouse. You ready to go? I'm ready. Are you? Yeah. All right. So I want to be very clear that every single person's story is different. So probably shouldn't have called it how to because every, like I said, everybody's story is different, but I just want to share our story and give people hope because I know that that has been a desire of many people's hearts, whether it's a husband trying to retire his wife or a wife trying to retire his husband or just whatever the partnership looks like they want to bring the other one home and we made it happen, Yeah, but it wasn't easy. No. (laughs) And no one talks about that. They don't talk about the victory. They do. And yeah, there's a lot that comes with it. It changes a lot of things. And I think you have to be very adaptable and just know that those changes are coming. Yeah. So I think that in this episode, we want to celebrate that that happened, that um, in 2020, I was able to bring David home to do something he loves. But I also want to talk about what you might not expect when that happens so that you're not feeling like, oh, I thought this was going to be rainbows and unicorns and it's actually hard. But, you know, like I said, there's good with the bad. So it's definitely worth it. Definitely worth pursuing. But just be ready for change. (laughs) Yeah, be ready for change. Let's start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. Okay, so what were you doing before... Real estate investing. Um, I was actually in corporate. So I was in corporate America uh, for just over 10 years, 10 years plus. And at that time, I was the main income. Um, While Amanda was full time with the kids, she also was working on kind of what she wanted to do and her copywriting I wanted to build a business. Wanted to build a business. and so I had gone down the path of, um, after the investing, I went into donor advice funds and it was right when COVID hit. And so donor advised funds, the way they work is they work with nonprofits. And so when COVID started happening, all these nonprofits really amped everything up, which made me work like three times a normal job. So I was working like 12 to 15 hour days. It just wasn't working for our family. So Amanda and I had a hard look at our lives. And Amanda was just like, David, if I go full time and I have 40 hours a week, I know I can cover. We had we had, I know I can cover our number. And our number was we had a financial freedom number of if we make this dollar amount, 
all our bills are covered. We're fed. Our kids are clothed. We've got all of our minimal expenses paid. And so we called our freedom number. Um, she's like, I know I can hit it. And I was like, well. Which Aaron Bridgman helped me find, by the way. Shout out to Shout Aaron out. Bridgman. Oh, we love the Bridgmans. <laughs> They're an amazing couple. Keep going, though. Um, but yeah, we, fa- we found our freedom number. And so I was like, okay. But I wasn't 100% sold. He didn't I was believe like, in me, guys. It wasn't I didn't believe in you. I didn't believe... <laughs> I had, I had not worked on my mindset yet. Yeah. And that was very looking back. Like I had a very scarcity mindset and, and we want to tell that part of the story. Cause if we were like, and he was like, go get them, Amanda, you got this, <laughs> which so, I was to some would, extent that'd make any of you guys feel like if you didn't have a partner who was completely hundred percent sold, like that would make you feel bad. And so we want to be real that it was scary. It was very scary. And it wasn't because he didn't believe in me. It was because he didn't have the control at that point. It was very, for me, it was very nerve wracking mm-hmm. because of that. So we gave it, I think, I think we had set some goals and we were like, okay, like you, we've got to hit this number and maintain it. I don't remember how that transition happened. Maybe you can shed light on that. Yeah. So I remember exactly how it happened. Because <laughs> all the pressure shifted to her. <laughs> yeah. So basically when I defined the quote unquote freedom number, thanks to Aaron Richmond, um, we, I still wanted to make sure I was home with the kids. So I had a goal in mind that once Liam, my youngest, went to school, all the kids would be in school and I would have designated work hours. So I was probably working full-time hours at that point, if we really want to be honest, but I didn't have anything like designated for working. So even though I was working a lot of hours, some of those hours I was really tired or I was just doing a lot because I still had kids at home. So I told myself in August when they were all in school, I would go full-time. And so that's exactly what happened. That was my goal. And when they were in school, I went full-time in August and I replaced David's income by September. So it was, yeah, it was pretty fast. I was impressed. I was like, whoa, okay, this is happening. <laughs> well, I'm somebody, when I put my mind to something, I do it. And I saw how miserable he was in his work. And he had never had anxiety before. I've had anxiety since I was 13. Um, and so I know what it's like. And he had never had it. And then all of a sudden there were panic attacks, like all the time. Yeah. And having to like lay on the bed, holding his chest, like couldn't breathe. I mean, that's vulnerable, but that's the truth. Is, and yeah. I was like, well, I'm highly motivated because that's the beauty of entrepreneurship is I knew what I needed to make. I knew I was capable of making it and we made it happen. And I will say, I'm, I'm not saying this in a bragging way. I'm saying this in a way for those of you who are wanting to do this to know that David made very good money in his corporate job. Um, so it was not this easy thing to, to beat and it was still, it still happened. So, but if you know your numbers, I think that's what it comes down to. Like we talk with a lot of couples who are wanting to do that journey and um that's one of the first things we talk about is just what is your freedom number and if you don't know it that's okay like we didn't know it either yeah um you know we just we had a budget but we weren't like you know we never really thought about like thought of it as a freedom number and i think that is a mind shift of you think well i know i can replace this income then i know that i can be free (laughs) yeah yeah so once that happened uh we brought him home in september that was when you came home officially, right? Yes. Or did you stop in October? I think, well, but I had actually 
approached my company and said, I'm going to leave. And they said, well, why don't you take some time to think about it? So they gave me, I think it was four to six weeks off just to give it like a, to like see if I wanted to actually do it. And so I had taken that time because I just have been vulnerable with them because I was just like, Hey, this, you know, things have changed. This is not the job that I was promised. Um, and I'm working a lot. It's just not working for my family. And they're like, well, before you make a decision, why don't you take some time off, get your family situated because it was all during COVID. Um, and so we had kids home for school and all that. So they're like, just take some time off and then come back and we'll see. But that was also a time where I was still getting an income. So it allowed Amanda to really take off. And while I could watch the kids. Timelines may be a little fuzzy there because I think the school is what's throwing me off. But I do remember I took time off and well, given time off to make the decision. And then I, when that time was up, I realized that, yeah, I wasn't quite ready or I wasn't ready to go back. And so, but that gave us kind of almost a trial period too of really testing the water. So officially, I think you like retired me earlier, but then I had that time off, but I never really went back to work. So I think that may be why those timelines are fuzzy. But the point is, we found our freedom number, we took the leap, and we made it happen. And I think that I, I would do it a thousand times over. I remember so many people in our lives, like who were entrepreneurs, being like, this is the best decision you'll ever make. And being in the corporate world, I was like, I don't, they don't know what they're talking about. Like, yeah, we, I have a really good, like, it's, this is like, I love my job, but little did I know they were right. And I love it. Like, I would not, I would find it very difficult to go back to a corporate job. Yeah. We definitely had two sides of the camp. We had the, what are you thinking? Are you sure this is a bad mm. idea? Yeah. It wasn't everyone, not everyone supported this. Yeah. And then we had the other side that was like, yeah, like you got it. And I think a lot of the reason why the people in our world who had done this before and were entrepreneurs believed in us is because we did take the right steps. And just to reiterate, cause I know there's no like actual formula for this, but I do mm-hmm. think keeping in mind like we said, knowing your freedom number, having a plan to meet your freedom number. So not just knowing it, but being like, okay, well, what does this mean? Like if you're a product-based business, well, how many products do you have to sell to earn a profit to replace that income? Or how how many more clients do you have to bring on for my services? Or like, what does that look like? And then also making sure you have a buffer too and have productions because there is lower months than others in entrepreneurship. And so understanding like, okay, yeah, maybe I replaced his income this month, but will I next month? I remember I didn't fully believe it for like three months. How long did it yeah. take you? Um, I honestly don't know. Like it was it was actually like halfway through or mostly through COVID. I guess I don't know what we're past COVID, but it was like pretty six months into like I think it was about six months in because it was I at that point I was like, okay if you can survive kind of a world apocalypse, (laughs) we can kind of survive anything that's thrown at us. So that was a big confidence booster that we kind of took this on and then the COVID stuff hit. So it was like a big, like changed everything as we all know. Um, And so it was like, well, if if we can make a business last through that significant of changes, then I think we're ready for just about anything else. Yeah. I will say him watching me be able to thrive during COVID did give him that extra booth of confidence. Um, because I know that that was kind of one of those things where we were like, well, this could go either way. (laughs) (laughs) 
this could go and everything's fine and we thrive or this could be really, really, really difficult. And it was difficult in other ways for sure, but, um, the business was fine. And so I know for me that first month we didn't retire you. Um, we could have, I replaced your income, but I was scared. And then the second month I was like, all right, we did it. So let's do this thing. And then the third month was like, okay, it's been three months. I believe it now. (laughs) Um, and then it's just been better ever since, but Mm -hmm. I would say that that's the the celebratory side, right? Like we yeah. picked the found our freedom number. We found our freedom number, and then we made sure that we had a plan in place to meet that freedom number, and then we took the leap. And I think yeah. that they always say, and um, Brandon Bouchard talks about this in High Performance Habits about raising necessity, and what that means is basically if you don't have a reason to not be comfortable or to take the leap, then you just won't do it. Whereas if you raise necessity and you create this urgency within you, like I have to do this, this is not an option because of X, Y, and Z, then you rise to the occasion. We all are capable of rising to the occasion. So when you do take that leap, now that doesn't mean take the leap without any like plan, but when you do take the leap, then you make it happen because you you literally have to. And so that's what we did. But that was the exciting part. Do you want to dive into the struggles? I was going to say, you touched on something earlier that I wanted to to dive into a little deeper. And that was like, not everyone was on our side. <laughs> there were some people who looked at us and thought we were crazy. Me included. I was one of those people. So we did have skeptics. We had people who thought that we were absolutely crazy for even thinking about leaving a nice job. Um, I think that was one of the biggest mental hur- hurdles that I had to overcome from corporate America to entrepreneurship is that my whole life I had been told and looked for like a job that was very well-paying, had great benefits, um, health insurance was in place, and I was a provider for my family in that way. But for me, it was, hey, there is freedom on the other side of this, but it was actually tapping into that and I did believe that the having a well-paying job and great benefits was the only way to live life. So breaking that mindset and trying to tap in and listening to other people like that lived outside of that corporate America and were just entrepreneurs like was huge for me. I had to that was that was kind of my risk of like I my my security was in corporate America. And so leaving that was, it was really hard for me. I would say the things that I would warn you about to just know is that if you are, if you are a female retiring a male partner, it is very difficult for there to be, um, societal gender roles. And so even though we have never really aligned with that, it's still there a little bit. It's like ingrained in you, right? It's like that stuff you've got to work through. And so having me be the main breadwinner and David developing his business on the side, he had to do a lot of the things I always did. And so adapting to that was just difficult because there were feelings that he didn't want to feel, but he did feel because he felt like he had been taught or raised that men do the work and men, you know, they don't do the dishes and the pickup kids and all that. Even though, again, we didn't believe in that even before this, it's just like, it's a hard adjustment to find your worth and value in a different thing than maybe society 
I mean, it is shifting. Society is shifting for sure. But I think our kids will have a lot easier time. Our gen- The generation of our children will have a lot easier time than we did in that. And, um, and just understanding that like I have unlimited opportunity in entrepreneurship. And so while he's building his business, I mean, he's done a great job in the last few years, really growing that and building our wealth. But the day-to-day stuff is more coming from me. And so he provides a lot of support within the home that he wasn't doing before. You know, there were a lot of late nights and there were a lot of different things in corporate and even just like the stress of it, bringing it home and all that stuff that wasn't there anymore, but there was like a different type of stress. And so learning how to have those conversations to be like, listen, I don't want to feel this way, but I do. And here's what's going on in my head. And here's what I want to work through with you. And so we had to do that with each other. The other thing we had to work through is just the way that, uh, again, we're pointing at society, but it's true. The way society viewed us um, and, and other people in our world. Like I know I spent years home with the kids and nobody was like, you helped David so much by doing <laughs> all of true. this. Like you're so I helpful. Got, and I got you, a lot of compliments when I first started taking it. <laughs> like you're so great. So watching nice the kids of you to watch David your works. kids. Thank you. <laughs> so there is just a lot of compliments for David and stepping in for David whenever he would take that stuff on. And, and that's very nice and kind. So we're not at all saying that that's a bad thing. Like I personally love that there were friends and family who stepped in and, and were like, how can we help when I would travel or when I would do stuff like, so that is not a bad thing. But all I'm saying is it's just a difference in the fact that I had done that for years and nobody stepped in necessarily. And that's fine too, but it's just different. It was just some of those moments where because that was happening, I would feel guilty. Like, oh gosh, he's getting all this praise and help. Like maybe I'm doing something wrong because that didn't happen when I, I was doing those things. And so should I be working this much? Should I be like, there was just a lot of questions that I had to work through. And David, you know, he's great. He's always just like, I'm not helping. I'm parenting. Like that's, it's my role too. Um, And so again, this is not to put anyone down who's praised him or whatever. We appreciate that. It's just, yeah, he'll take it and it's fine (laughs) and it's kind, but it's just the guilt is there sometimes Mm. for me. So learning how to navigate conversations of those type of feelings, conversations of different responsibility shifts in everything. And and also patience as your partner is figuring out what they want to do. Because let's be honest, David wasn't even 40 when he was retired. And so there wasn't really retirement, right? Like it's just more like he doesn't have to work. That's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but or he I wants get to, to choose exactly what I want to do. Yeah. He want he wanted to work. He wanted to do something. There's also that patience that you have to have of, okay, now you get the chance to explore and figure things out. And as they're trying to find their identity outside of work and trying to figure out what they love. And when there's unlimited opportunity, it can be overwhelming. So I know that David gets a little bit overwhelmed by decisions when there's too many options. And so luckily we had a really amazing opportunity for him and exactly what he wanted to do in real estate, but that's not always the case. We talked to a lot of couples who hit that point where one is free and then they go through a really dark time. And thankfully that, that part didn't happen, but we've seen it happen enough that I do want to mention it and just say, create 
like space for that time and provide the right type of support during that time and don't rush it. Because when you rush it, then they're just, they could be trading one thing they're miserable for, for just another thing they're miserable Mm in. Yeah. I actually think that that's, there's a lot of truth to that. So for me, retirement was not just like, I'm going to sit around them and do nothing. For me, retirement was I get to leave a job that I was really stressed at and get to do something I absolutely love. And sometimes like that freedom comes with, I, I wouldn't be able to do this unless there was someone else bringing in a significant amount of income. So that's what retirement was for me, was that freedom. But I think when you get that freedom, it's important to have a plan. Because if you don't have a plan, like what you're saying, you can spiral and lose your purpose and lose your meaning. And so I think being in very intentional, about, okay, why do we want to do this? And if I am retired, then what does that look like? So haven't we, and I think we had those conversations before Yeah. Um, of what would I do? Like, you know, it was like a first shift in responsibilities of like, Hey, you know, Amanda, if you're taking on a lot more time, head down working, then that, you know, there's a list of things that's not getting done. Now that I have time, those responsibilities are mine, but it's also, what am I going to do beyond that? For me, I needed that. Not everyone does. I know there are some stay-at-home dads that are amazing and kill it, but I also wanted to do something more. For me, it was, I will always, I like working. And so I would just wanted to find the right work that was compatible with me. So learning how to support your partner through that exploration process and not putting, you know, a timeline on it necessarily. Now, I mean, if it's years and years and you that's a different situation if that's not going to work for you. But what I'm trying to say is don't expect a quick turnaround for them to just feel this new sense of identity or new or find this new option that they want to work at. Like it takes time. Okay. Well, that is our journey of retiring my spouse. Mm-hmm. Thank okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope this was helpful. Like I said, I know a lot of couples who have done this or who want to do this. And so keep in mind that it is worth pursuing. Keep in mind the obstacles that might come that are unexpected. And then I hope that the little steps along the way of how to get there are helpful. Please reach out. If you if this is something you want to do, we've helped couples do this. And if you want any support, we'd love to talk you through it and be able to help you with that planning part. So reach out to us. You can email me at amanda at highperformanceinsider.com and David will get the message too. Don't worry. He just doesn't have an email address with that. (laughs) And we would love to chat with you. So that is it for today. We will see you back next week. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the High Performance Couples Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave a review to help us spread the word. Also, we wanted to let you know about a free resource we created that you don't want to miss. We love helping couples find ways to connect and go deep with one another. No more surface level conversation. It's time to really get to know one another on a deeper level. So we created high performance couples conversation cards to download for your next date night. Head to the link in our show notes to download our free couples conversation cards and take your dates to the next level. Then email amanda at highperformanceinsider.com and let us know what you think. Until next time, keep pursuing your highest potential.